Today, Kenna and I go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to see whose reboot will be victorious, for there can be only one this week on Rebooted! The podcast where we are still recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. We are taking a great action fantasy rock opera that has been in development hell for so long, and we are releasing it to the world with 1986's Highlander, starring Christopher Lambert, Roxanne Hart, Clancy Brown, and Sean Connery. Is it Lambert or Lambert? It's French. I believe, I believe it's Lambert. It's Lambert. This movie is absolutely incredible. It was made during the Wonderful. absolute only time it could have been made. The mm -hmm. cast, the story, the mm -hmm. fucking queen soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It is the exact amount of fantasy, action, horror noir, cultural appropriation with a glam rock soundtrack for the ages. This is truly, I was thinking about this later and I was like, I feel like we're in a time where we struggle to create insane original worlds because when you do, everybody's just like, nope, it didn't work. But movies like this in 1986, people were just like, yeah, like you didn't, you didn't have to even create that much. Like I have so many questions about this world that like it just doesn't even matter because i'm like i'm here i don't i don't care who the immortals are i don't care i just i don't need much all i need is there's sword fighting there's queen and that's it tell me how did it happen for god's sake why does the sun come up hmm or are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? Who knows? What I do know is that because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. You must learn to conceal your special gift and harness your power until the time of the gathering. What gathering? When only a few of us are left, we will feel an irresistible pull towards a faraway land to fight for the prize. I feel like that's actually the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Because Connor is like, so how does it happen? And Sean Connery is like, why does the sun come up? <laughs> He's like, who gives a hmm. fuck? Um, this movie, there, nobody uh, has answers, and that's no great. Answers. I, so... Why? Where do we start? I mean, I guess we should do some introductions, but guys, th this th if you have not seen Highlander, this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to want to pause and yeah. rush to your TV set. If you have yeah. an Amazon Prime account, guess what? You are now blessed with this movie mm -hmm. for free. It is there. That's where you can find it. Uh, it's worth every – and if you don't, it is worth every penny of a rental. <laughs> if this is a movie about a Scotsman – Played by a Frenchman who's taught by an Egyptian who calls himself a Spaniard. Played by a Scotsman, both of whom are immortal. Ready to, readying themselves for an immortal combat with a Russian. Played by an American. All set to the music of fucking Queen. How can you oh, not love my this movie? Gosh. I finished this movie and then immediately watched like an eight minute compilation of... All of the opening credits of the series Highlander. I am Duncan MacLeod, born 400 years ago in the Highlands of Scotland. I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries we have waited for the time of the gathering, when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. Here we 
Okay. So there's something. <laughs> there's. <laughs> There's something about this movie that is like this series feels like my childhood. It feels like being a kid. My parents watched every single episode of Highlander the series. My dad loved this movie. I remember seeing Highlander Endgame before before the Avengers ever tried it. (laughs) Um, And... It being like this momentous that like I I don't know who actually cares about this movie, but for me it feels massive. And so the fact that there has been some announcement that they're gonna work on a movie and then nothing has happened feels insane to me. But Yeah, it's past its point of uh safety, I guess. Not that this podcast has any more rules, but like there was yeah. news last January that um the director of John Wick, whose name is escaping me, apologies, but... Um, Chad Stahelski? Yes. That they were remaking it, but they couldn't decide whether it was going to be a show or a movie, and it's been ping-ponging back and forth, and we're tired of it, so we're just going to do it. And, Kenna, you've just proved to me, as another example, that people who love the Highlander franchise really love the Highlander. I know two guys that are like probably going to scream at the uh, scream at me during this podcast because <laughs> like you, they are like compendiums of all things Connor and Quentin McLeod uh, and uh Duncan McLeod. Yeah. Um I have a brief knowledge of the animated series who mm-hmm. uh, was Quentin McLeod, but that that show is like really weird and it 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 doesn't really fit into the whole to be structure honest, of the classic. Make that make that movie. Like the Highlander Endgame was the story of Connor and Duncan coming together. Let's make a Space Jam version of Highlander where it's Connor, <laughs> Duncan, and Quentin together. I would watch that movie. There's also a Colin McLeod. Anyways, guys, if the, if you were new to this podcast, I, I apologize because this is a full nerd out episode. <laughs> uh, I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, is super fan Kenneth Trent. <laughs> We're going to take a classic Hollywood movie and talk about it as if it was being remade today by taking a slew of the cast and recasting them with today's, uh, you know, thespians and actors and performers um, and talk about the movie in a context of 2020. Now, we have so much to get through, but before we yeah. do, we generally go through some some more movie news. Um, we'll be brief because a lot of the stuff is like, what am I like? New, a new G.I. Joe movie is in the works with Seabird writers. G.I. <laughs> Joe, beloved property of many children all around the world, mm-hmm. has had its day in the sun in feature films now, I think, twice. And is now coming back for a third time with a reboot for Snake Eyes, mm-hmm. the silent ninja uh, being written by uh, writers Joe uh, Shrapnel? That can't be right. His last name is Shrapnel? Huh? Joe Shrapnel and so. Anna Waterhouse. That sounds fake. Um, I don't know if you were a big G.I. Joe fan uh, or not. Those movies are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand this move of making a prequel to a franchise that seems pretty dead. Like, yeah. When both The Rock and Channing Tatum are like, nah, we out. Uh, I think that should tell you something there. Uh, Especially when you pick a character that doesn't talk. Well, what's interesting is that... So, there 
I can't help but wonder if this is because of the reaction to Snake Eyes. Um, because, yeah, G.I. Joe and whatever those movies were called, they were interesting adventures. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, there's nothing really th- that made it, I think, um, that really sparked with, like, the true, like, nature of the G.I. Joe, like, cartoon, necessarily. The Cobra Revolution has begun. By pressing that button, Zartan initiated an auto-drop sequence. My Zeus satellites are moving into position over your six remaining countries. Satellites 2A through 7A en route to targets. The same button that begins in this can end it, but I only press it for a price. Total of legions. And so I don't I like I actually think it's a smooth move to try to cast Henry Golding as Snake Eyes and sort of create that own that part of the universe. Um but I'm wondering if maybe that got a good response from fans being like, oh, okay, let's let's look into that. And so now they're just like, oh, okay, well we'll we'll just keep making G.I. Joe movies. Like let's just keep going. But like I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think like the tone of what those G.I. Joe movies were, which were essentially like it was essentially like, hey, let's make Transformers, but it's G.I. Joe's. Yeah, I don't know what Hasbro's mm. fucking doing. Like they re they successfully rebooted Transformers and they were like, let's reboot it again. Like what are they doing? I don't I I don't know. But here's the thing. I'm definitely showing up for a Snake Eyes movie. <laughs> okay. So I was I saw G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in theaters. I, I I'm done. I, I, oh. I've been burned. I've been burned. I'm pretty sure I saw both of these movies at theaters, but I don't know. Um, now on to what honestly might be some of the most exciting news I've heard recently. So the 20th anniversary of Center Stage, a a dance, a cult dance film from the year 2000 launched the careers of Zoe Saldana um, and Amanda Scholl. This was Zoe Saldana's like first major uh, feature. So on the 20th anniversary in May of this movie coming out, they announced that they are working with Sony to create a uh, center stage television series. Brian, have you seen this movie? No, I I think we can safely assume I have not. I know of it. I think I've seen clips of it, but front to back, no, I I can't say that I have. You're not here by mistake. Someone at your audition watched you dance and saw something special. What you gotta do is figure out how to find that again. This is your dream. It's your dream. If this were what I wanted, I I wouldn't be as unhappy. You two dance really well together. How come you're not seeing someone? I see someone. She doesn't know I see her, but I see her. To know Center Stage is to love it. It is about (laughs) the lives of uh, young ballerinas at the American Ballet Academy. Amanda Shaw plays Jodie Sawyer, who falls in love with a bad boy ballet dancer. I can't. Anyway, so for those who care, this is truly exciting news. There is going to be a series that hopefully will include Ethan Stifle, a.k.a. Cooper Nielsen, and Sasha Radetzky, a.k.a. Charlie. And we're excited. Yes. I have a question. Mm -hmm. 
How is Center Stage different from Save the Last Dance? Okay, here's the thing. So Center Stage focuses is not necessarily a love story in the same way. And also it focuses very specifically on the ballet. So like they cast Ethan Stifle, who plays like the one of the main characters was like at the top of his ballet career when they cast him in this movie. Like these people can dance. Okay. So how it's is not it? Like, <laughs> it's not, not just like, like so it's they not just cast like Julia Stiles, like learning hip hop and like yeah. how to plie at the same time. <laughs> it's uh, not that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I'm excited that you're excited. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> um, let's get talking about Highlander. Like, I, do I even have to ask you if you're ready to talk about this movie? I was born ready. That's to what talk I thought. About this movie, guys. This is our reboot of Highlander. Ramirez's blade did not cut deeply enough. You was right about you. You're slime. Ramirez was an effete snob. He died on his knees. I took his head and raped his woman before his blood was even cold. <laughs> I see Ramirez lied. She was not his woman. She was your woman. Clancy Brown, I guess, had to apologize to people in the in the church scene because they were he was worried that they were like so offended by what he did. I was like, he didn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is your acting. Um, oh boy, the high that it's not the Highlander. We had to have a talk about yeah. this. I always say the Highlander, but it's just Highlander. Uh, Highlander, directed by Russell McKay. Director of such movies as The Shadow and Resident Evil Extinction. Not the most impressive resume. <laughs> um, stars Christopher Lambert as Connor McLeod, the immortal. Roxanne Hart as Brenda Wyatt, uh, anthropologist investigator. I, I was confused by her job a little bit. Um, Clancy Brown as the murderous Kurgan. And the... <laughs> Somehow they got Sean Connery <laughs> to play Ramirez. Um, so, yeah, Russell McKay, however his name is, not the most impressive resume uh, on IMDb, but no. he made a classic. Yeah, absolutely. He made a movie that, like its main character, will live forever in pop culture and has been mm -hmm, trying mm -hmm. to rebirth itself since mm -hmm, the 80s mm -hmm. after a lot of like, you know, successful TV show, we'll say successful TV show, seven seasons, I think, or like yeah. nine seasons. Six. Six seasons. People love it. Uh, it's a little dated if you try and rewatch it, but like it holds a place in people's Dated? It's, it's super 90s. Like The 90s are now. <laughs> okay. Um, sparked uh, comic books uh, animated shows, movie. I think there's four movie sequels that do not live up to the the level that this movie kind of really brought mm -hmm. to the artistry that it brought to this crazy, crazy fantasy. Um, this one is difficult for me because I know so many people in my world, including you, 
love Highlander. And it's it's almost like the fight clip. It's like, I don't want to say any, I don't want to start fights on on, on holy land here, <laughs> on holy ground. So, um, this was a little tricky to cast. Like, I, I kept flipping back and forth for people that I wanted to be in this movie. But this movie also doesn't seem like it has fucking rules. So... It doesn't. Why it should doesn't I have, have rules, rules on myself? There are no rules. Right. So it, it's. I, I think my cast is pretty good. I think it's an interesting and eclectic group of people, maybe. Um, yeah. I had fun doing this. I mean, this is like, this is a playground. Granted, part of what I could get out of my head is that I have I have a pitch for a Highlander movie oh. that... um. Nobody is ever going to hear, but... <laughs> whoa, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. That's what I was trying... That's what I had forgot. I want to hear this pitch. And did you did you cast this pitch? No, I did not cast the pitch. Can we hear because... the pitch? Or do you not want to because you're worried someone will hear this podcast and steal the pitch? <laughs> I'll tell you if you cut it out. But what, what the audience wants to hear, like... <laughs> so you won't share the pitch. You will tell me do the they? pitch. I don't know. I'm I am curious to hear your pitch, but I mean I'll tell you. Okay. But also, just let me edit the episode. I'll okay. Cut it okay. All right. My pitch is It expands on the it expands on the mythology without doing something stupid like Like aliens. They're aliens. It's, yeah. Okay. Well, to the audience who didn't hear that pitch, it's the best story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know why I just don't write it, like, for fun. Who cares yeah, if who anybody cares? ever sees it? I I don't want to spoil, you know, let any of these little jewels that you dropped uh, out, but the idea about women... <clears throat> Here's the thing about the mythology of the Highlander. It's not very clear like what the rules are mm -hmm. and it it weirdly feels strange that it's only men that are immortal so like yeah. the role of women in the highlander was definitely something on my mind that needed to be cranked up a bunch so i uh i came up with a pitch of my own that i'm happy to share because i'm not oh, i'm not so married it. to it <laughs> but it kind of it kind of fed into my my remake idea um Shall we get into it? Should we start with Connor McLeod? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Connor McLeod, uh, he, this dude really has a type for curly-haired blondes with blowouts. Like, <laughs> this dude cannot help himself. It was the 80s. It, Everyone looked like that. Yeah, but it also was the 1500s. And he still yeah. was like, he was like, oh, yeah, like, curly-haired blonde? My French body just, like, is drawn to them. Um... Connor was hard. Connor's hard to cast. Like, first of all, it, there is a level of humor for who they cast. Like, mm -hmm. sort of, it's it's silly to laugh at it, but like, the, like Christopher Lambert, you know, English is his second language. He did not yes. know English when they cast him, so mm -hmm. he is not only having to learn English to play this role. He also specifically worked on his accent. To just sound vaguely European. You talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. You're an antique dealer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that? A sword. 
It's a Toledo Salamanca broadsword worth about a million bucks. So? So you want to hear a theory? Mm-hmm. You went down that garage to buy this sword from that guy. What's his name? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, his name is Amon Fazil, and you fought about the price and cut off his head. Huh. Want to hear another theory? This Fazil was so upset about lousy wrestling tonight. He went down to the garage and in a fit of depression cut off his own head. So yeah. he doesn't speak English with a French accent. He speaks it with a Christopher Lambert accent that has become sort of iconic for American audiences when a Lambert original <laughs> when we watch him in like movies like Mortal Kombat or 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 Highlander but Connor also kind of has to be like he's sort of dirty but he's also rich he's sort of suave mm. but also like he has to be able to like fight he mm -hmm. he fills a lot of cups here that it's hard to kind of place and then there's the question of celebrity yeah. Do you cast a megastar in this role? I don't think you need to. Mm -mm. I don't think so either. So I picked for my Connor McCloud, who has been through the trials and hells of Hollywood and really uh -huh. needs a win. And I, okay. and I think has proved that he can be good in movies. Uh-oh. And has proved that he can be in some real stinkers. Uh-oh. But... I dusted off my old my old dude Taylor Kitsch and I said Oh my god come come play. Come play with us. Be my immortal. Be my immortal Scotsman. Show me that you can play. Are you on the floor? You're legit if, like on the floor. What have you done? I have ruined Highlander. No, here's the thing. I I think this is exactly what this guy needs. I think he needs this, man. He needs this win so much. And you hate this pick, and I don't care. I'm I I am so happy that I chose him. It just feels personal, honestly. It's, it's not personal. personal. It feels personal to take you. You pulled Taylor Kitsch. Yes. You pulled him out of thin air. Out of out of obscurity. First of all, he dazzled us. Was it last year? Two years ago? With the shit. What channel was it? Was it Nanat Geo miniseries Waco? Paramount. Paramount. Paramount Network. Network. Mm-hmm. That shit was good. He was good in that. He has burned us many times. Like, so was, was John Carter of Mars his fault? I don't know. I don't know I how don't... much we can blame him for that. <sighs> the thing is, when you said this guy needs a win, needs I a win. I felt it in my bones that you were <laughs> I somehow I knew it was like a spider sense my i i just knew it i knew what you were gonna say and i'm shocked i'm shocked at this revelation here's I the cannot, thing i cannot believe you've done this to all the fans of highlander out there you know that you you kind of ironically watch highlander for the humor that christopher lamb bear brings like there is a level of irony when you're like i can't believe they cast this guy in this role of yeah. all the people they considered like kurt russell and like uh, every like a-list american celebrity they went with a complete french unknown and it has lasted forever because on that level there's something wrong with that pick 
Yeah. <laughs> and I think that this repick hits that exactly on the head. There is something wrong with Taylor, with me picking Taylor Kitsch for this. There's, There's something, something wrong with Taylor Kitsch. Wrong. But now you're like, fuck. I have to watch this thing. I have to watch this thing. Anyways, that's my pick. Wow. Wow. I really cannot believe you've done this. Okay. Well, you can't take it back. So I don't want to take it back. <laughs> I want to start shooting immediately. Wow. I just... You know how I feel about Taylor Kitsch. He's not my favorite. He... I think there is a place in Hollywood for him. I don't think this is You don't it. think a sword-fighting, time-traveling, science fiction, noir fantasy isn't the place for him? I think the fact that you watched him play David Koresh and were like, yep, Highlander reboot, cast Wait a minute, him. wait a minute, wait a minute. You casted him somewhat recently in something, didn't you? I, I cast, I think I cast him in Con Air. That's Con Air, Ryan. <laughs> but like it's equal <laughs> levels of ridiculousness. I I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> okay. I disagree with that. Because here's the thing. As insane as this movie was in 1986, I think if we remade this movie in 2020, it would be a whole different beast. Sure. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, in 1986, this movie's sword fights had the same sort of, like, Star Wars lightsaber effect to them, where it sort of looks a little off, it's a little wonky, you're a little bit like, is this the best they could do? The thing is, I think we could do some really cool things while still maintaining that sort of, like, what is going on atmosphere of, like... Why do these people exist? We don't know. We're not allowed to know for some reason. Uh, yes. I'm just really, I'm just really taken aback. So I'm going to start talking about who I picked. <laughs> Wait, just real quick on that sword fight. My friend who was telling me all, I didn't even need the trivia for IMDb because he was a well, a wellspring of knowledge. Do you know how they did the sword fights and the sparks? No. They attached the swords to car batteries and had the actors swinging them around. So what they touched, they closed the <laughs> circuit is... and electricity really just shot out of the sword. That's how rock and roll this fucking movie is. I was going to say, that's so rock and roll. All right, um, who did you pick? Okay, so I use this as an opportunity to pick, because um, here's the thing. I love Christopher Lambert. We've, we have waxed poetic about Christopher Lambert on this podcast before. We don't need to do it anymore. But here's the thing. As an actor, he doesn't have the most expressive face. It's a little weird that they cast him in this movie. I mean, he's wearing a trench coat the whole time. It's a little suspicious. Um, except the trench coat is weirdly like the vessel for his sword. It's almost like he's pulling it out. Like it's like the sorting hat. Um, <laughs> But I took this as an opportunity to cast like it was like it was like a playground because I was like, OK, I want a young British actor, someone who because when Connor finds out that he's immortal, he is he's supposed to be very young. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, OK, where my where my boys at? Where is my where is the where is the uh, whole team of, of young 
actors from the UK that I just keep in my back pocket just in case. Um, and so I picked for my Connor, someone who starred in one of my favorite movies of the last year and who I think has a bright career ahead of them. And I would be so excited to see them in this movie. I picked George McKay from 1917. Yeah, I thought about him. He's so great in 1917. Like, Incredible. The thing about picking a Connor, though, too, is like... It's weird. When do they when do they stop aging? Because like Connor is like 400 years old, right? That's a really good question. So like George is it George K or George McKay? George McKay. George McKay looks really young. Mhm. So like the scenes where he is in in the Highlands like learning how to be an immortal makes sense to me, but when you see him in New York like, do they age? Like, it, it feels strange to me. I think it's a red herring that Sean Connery appears older. It was a little strange to me that, like, why aren't yeah. the immortals... This, the, the immortals should be about the same age. I feel like. I don't know, but... Mm, yeah. I mean, that... Logically, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But I also understand the idea of being like, well... If this guy is going to come into Connor's life and be like, I have the wisdom, let me teach you, he should be older. I mean, there's the whole thing, too, about how he is Egyptian and was born in ancient <laughs> Egypt. He was born in the year 800. Oh, boy. It's so, so crazy. So, who knows? Maybe the aging process truly is like... Yeah. I, like, I don't know. From a talent standpoint, he's a great young actor who uh, just blew me away in 1917. Um, mm-hmm. So, on that level, great job. I, I do think, like, the, like m- as much as you hate my pick, Taylor Kitsch looks like he could have lived years. Just, like, he looks old while still being young in a weird way. Which I is- just think... And I say this with all respect to Taylor Kitsch, who, again, I think has a place in Hollywood. But... I mean, George McKay would like chew him up and spit him out. Oh, sure. But this is not, this is not, we're not doing, you know, Macbeth here. <laughs> we're, we're... I am. I'm doing Macbeth. <laughs> You're doing, every, everyone who you pick <laughs> must have come from the Shakespeare Company, like London's own, very own Shakespeare Company. Um, no, but I do like that pick. He's a great actor. So here, here's, here's a genuine question Taylor Kitsch. Would have to do a Scottish accent. Could he do it? Do we want to hear it? Did Christopher Lambert? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he kind of did. Yes, in the scenes where he's in the Highlands, he is doing a Scottish accent. Taylor Kitsch is Canadian and for okay. several years played a West Texan on the hit show Friday Night Lights. I, I think if you give him, like, yeah, I think he can do this at the accent. I think, not that not to say that doing a Scottish accent is okay. easy, but I think it's one of the most recognizable accents. So, on that level, I, I, be, I believe in him to do this thing. And I believe that he wants to take that challenge on because he needs it for his career. He needs to prove the haters wrong. And I and I'm willing to let him look. You, you I think you're gonna like most of the other people I picked. Maybe you're gonna hate every one I picked, but who knows? Um, but let's move on to Brenda. We'll keep going. Okay. Um, why don't you? It's your turn. Okay, it is my turn. Um, so we love Brenda. We love we love a female CSI. Uh, which okay. So clearing this up. So she comes on the scene. She is a forensic investigator. Yes. That is what she does for the police. But also, 
her side hustle is writing books about samurai swords about her love for ancient metallurgy for, <laughs> for japanese steel I am not looking for a killer. I am looking for a sword, the one used on Fazil. I found pieces of it under the garden. I only want to see the samurai. Why? I told you because it's not supposed to exist. I dated pieces of the blade at 600 BC. The metal had been folded 200 times. Now the Japanese didn't start making swords like that till the Middle Ages. So where the hell did it come from? If I could verify the existence of such a weapon, it would be like discovering a 747 a thousand years before the Wright brothers ever flew. So... Truly out of nowhere, <laughs> she spots the sword and is like, well, of course, it's a Toledo Salamanca. And everybody's like, huh? <laughs> um, so, yes, we, we love, we love it. And we love the, the type that they're playing her as, as beautiful, intelligent, doesn't take any crap. And really, like, she goes looking for Connor slash Russell. Um, Yes. So I, I, I was a fan. I think her earrings were incredible. I think that Western belt she was wearing all the time is absolutely going to be a summer staple for me. <laughs> um, I love that she writes books about ancient swords just for fun. Um, I love this is actually a scene I really enjoyed because so Brenda like sees Connor and she is curious about him. And so she wants to learn more about him. And she goes to the library to do research to be like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? And I really thought that that was incredible because today when a girl sees a, a guy she thinks is hot, she just looks him up on Instagram. This woman went to the library to check on this guy. And that's legitimate. <laughs> so, um, I Yes. So for my Brenda, <laughs> I picked I picked Vanessa Kirby. Oh, I love Vanessa Kirby. Me too. She's really good. I, like sh her role in Hobbs and Shaw is like mm -hmm. not the not the finest role to step into to be no. like I got to be taken seriously, but she does it so well that you're like Here's what's great about her. Like, she can play really cold and, like, um, what, fuck, what movie was she also in? Um, where she sort of, I think it was, like, a Mission Impossible movie where she sort of plays, yes. like, a weapons dealer. And she can play, like, really cold. But then in Hobbs and Shaw, she gives a nice, like, warmth, too. And then, I still haven't seen The Crown, but I hear, like, she's incredible uh, in The Crown. She is so good in The Crown. Um, I like that pick. Very interesting. I uh, also was, like... You're picking a lot of English. So is she English or is she playing American? Who cares? I I think it could go either way. The thing about like there's so much to be written about Highlander and culture is so strange. Like who are we casting to play what like nationality? It's almost like no one cares. <laughs> like is are they a Kiwi? Great. They're now Here's South African. Like it's going to be great. Here's the thing. We're not going to cross the line of casting a Scottish, a white Scottish man to play an Egyptian by way of Spain. Right. Or a Spaniard by way of Egypt, however that works. Like, we're not crossing that line. Um, but yeah, in general, I don't think just because, like, it's clear that Connor has lived many lives, and so he his accent is different from one point in the movie to another. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I 
ironically also ended up picking a British actress who I have only heard use an American accent. So I huh. dealer's choice on w- what she picks here. But I ended up going with Jessica Henwick, who has popped up in a lot of the new Star Wars movies. She unfortunately was in that terrible Iron Fist show, but she was like the really the what? only standout. She's going to be in the new Matrix TV show. Um, this is why I picked her. Oh, okay, okay. I think she's very talented, despite the terrible TV show she was on. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's really tough. I think she's really beautiful. I feel like she, you know, the investigative side of Brenda is, I think, the thing that really, I mean, it's it's... Mm-hmm. It's important to have someone to have that curiosity, like as weirdly specific as it is to just be like, I have studied centuries of Japanese sword folding techniques. Like, yeah. um, we kind of need those eyes of the modern day. Here's my insane pitch on Brenda, though, because as we were talking about early, the okay. Highlander mythology needs more females. Yes. Here's my pitch. At the end of the movie, after Connor has, spoiler alert, killed Kurgan and won the quickening, they realize nothing has happened Mm -hmm. because throughout the movie, Connor has realized that Brenda is also an immortal and has been drawn to this case because of an instinctual feeling that the immortals are experiencing. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the movie... Brenda has to kill Connor, who is now weary of being immortal. He has lived too many lives mm. and he wants to die. And so he's fine I'm with into this because he knows that Brenda is worthy of winning the quickening mm-hmm. and he feels like she will be worthy to like help humanity in what's to come. So then she has to like cut his head off? I don't know. I don't know how you gently kill an immortal like that, but... You know what's weird? Most people are afraid to die. That's not your problem. You're afraid to live. Take care of yourself. Don't lose your head. That's my pitch. So I'm picking her not only to be the kind of, like, investigative, like, what's going on but more as someone who, like, becomes a part of the mythology as well. Like, I think that's really yes. important for Brenda. Okay. I think I, I love this. I love this pitch. Thank you. I love women in the Highlander universe. I think that's <laughs> what it's missing. Um, shall we move on to Kurgan, played by literally the immortal Clancy Brown? Yes. Um, yes. I know this is going to sound like I'm mocking, you know, my Taylor Kitsch pick, but this one, well, this was one that I struggled with. Like, I don't know how you replace Clancy Brown. Like, it's really hard. He does so many things. He's great. He's great. He's like, he is a great 80s leather clad villain. Yes. He, he, here's the thing about Clancy Brown that I think we all love. He is in everything. And he Mm -hmm. can walk seamlessly into like voicing cartoon characters such as like Mr. Crab and like Lex Luthor on like the Superman cartoon and then immediately go. And, like, do a couple episodes of, like, the Goldbergs and then be like, oh, yeah, I'm also in the Shawshank Redemption. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he, he'll just, he just works. He just is like, what do you need me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do? I will do whatever you need. Like, I got the deep voice. I'll do the voiceover. I can be menacing. I can be whatever you need me to be. And I think that's, I think, I don't know if I, 
I don't know who I don't know I don't know who else you take up that challenge. I think whose turn is it? It's your it turn. is my turn. Okay. So after realizing I couldn't replace Clancy Brown, I, I started thinking about the character of Kurgan a lot. Like he has this really insane backstory that we don't get to hear as much. Mm-hmm. And there was one early draft of The Highlander that the screenwriter wrote where Kurgan, like, like the version of Kurgan we get is sort of like this bestial barbarian punk mm-hmm. who, like, over time has only gotten more, like, vicious and, and relies too much on strength. Who is the Kurgan and where does he come from? Well, the Kurgans were an ancient people from the steppes of Russia. For amusement, they toss children into pits with hungry dogs to fight for meat. Uh, the Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. And I was sort of like, yeah. the er- there was another version where he kind of becomes smart to the way the world has become. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking of a different version of Kurgan that maybe is a little more cunning, maybe a little smarter. Like maybe he's someone who's like elevated in power and status, not just like, not just as like a brute, but maybe he's like, for some reason, it's like maybe he's become very wealthy. Maybe he's an aristocrat. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just, he's someone okay. accustomed okay. to like uh, invading. And conquering. And now the modern version of that is like, you know, a banker or or like a, a venture capitalist. But he's still like a savage on the inside, right? Yeah. Um, I picked an actor who plays a lot of villains and has a pretty cool look to him. Uh, I picked uh, Ed Screen. Is that how you pronounce his name? S-K-R-E-I-N. He was in okay. Deadpool 1. I'm into this. He was in the original Darion Harris. Yes. Game of Thrones alum. Um, I think he has a great, like, here's the thing about, like, he has, like, a he has like a really, like, intense face that I think he shares with Clancy Brown. Like, Clancy Brown in this movie is, like, a steel-eyed mm-hmm. maniac. And I think this actor has portrayed that kind of um, villainy very very similarly and i think he's like he does a lot of like bbc shows that i'll never watch because there's so many Mm -hmm. and you know but i don't i like i don't think you get those shows without being you know someone with a lot of talent like yeah he he, he's a face but i think there's more like talent that you can take that you can get from him yeah, I think he's great. This is a solid choice. Thank you. Because he does play a lot of villains, but like I remember really feeling the loss when he left Game of Thrones because I was like, this guy is this character. Yeah. There's something sleazy about him, but also something charming about him. It it works, and so I think that's I think that's a solid choice. You could Thank see you. him in a suit. You could see him in like his like battle gear in the Scottish Highlands. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm into this. I'm into this. Cool. We're doing it. I took a different direction because I think I really leaned into, I love the idea that Kurgan is insane. And like part of how he functions in the world is that it's almost like 
it's almost like when you see a homeless person like screaming on the side of the <laughs> road, like you cross to the other side. Like yeah. people, it, there's so many ways and like whatever it is, whether it's like mental illness or, you know, just extreme personality disorder. Like that definitely doesn't happen to me every day in Hollywood, <laughs> especially in my intersection. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I like that. I like that the idea is that like he's made his way in the world by just being this huge character. And it's like people will never tell you to stop. People will never t- like because if they did, you would just push them out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I I think part of what makes the movie fun is that insanity like Connor is very sincere and Kurgan is like joy riding through the streets of New York playing chicken with with whole semi trucks and it works. And so I picked someone who I think could embody that. And interestingly, I picked someone from the game of Thrones camp. Mm. I picked Christopher Lambert. No. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Oh my God. (gasps) Could you imagine if Christopher all these years had been in game of Thrones? Oh my gosh. Would he have been? Um, the sword, the sword, the sword teacher, the dance teacher, season one. Arya's like. Okay, I see that. He would have been an interesting. He would have been a great three eyed raven. What if he. Oh, yeah. With all respects. Respect to Max Sir Center. Davos. <sighs> ah, here's the thing Liam Cunningham is so, He's so good, good in that. Davos. You couldn't. I can't. But see. Christopher Lambert just walking side by side with Kit <laughs> Harrington for like four seasons kind of would have been dope. I could maybe, maybe see him as um, uh, Jorah. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So who's Anyway, anyway. Christopher. So Christopher uh, Hivu, he played, I think that's, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's Scandinavian. Uh, he played Tormund, Tormund yeah. on Game of Thrones um, and has also made a, his foray into into hollywood he was in a a fast and furious he's in um um, captain marvel is he yeah he plays one of the kree soldiers oh good for him um i think right did i dream that (laughs) maybe i feel like it's one of those things where i'm like you could tell me that and i'd be like well yeah you could put makeup on anybody um almost positive he did but it's not on his imdb who am i thinking but (laughs) it's a good question my god did i just imagine this did you just uh, Mandela affect yourself? <laughs> Captain Marvel. Okay, keep going. I, I, this is um, going to drive me nuts. But I think truly, if you're looking for like a wild-eyed person who would bring like a villainous energy, but a fun villainous energy, I think he's the guy. He is the guy. Uh, yeah, he's great. We all love him. Also, I think I was wrong. I think it's a completely different guy. Who is it? Who are you thinking of? It's someone named Rune Tempte. What? I totally thought this was some other guy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Weird. They've got a similar look. Wow. Uh, I guess not all white people look alike. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's that's where I landed on my Kurgan. Cool. cool. Uh, I love it. It's. I think it's tremendous. I totally see it. Like, he's a walking Viking. Like, he's totally yeah. that guy. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, played by <laughs> Sir Sean Connery. 
<laughs> probably the most baffling cast casting of the movie. Especially when he just like shows up out of nowhere like, ahoy! I am this the Spaniard, man. but I'm actually Egyptian and I lived in Japan for thousands of years. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock! I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You said you were from Spain! You're a liar! You have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung heap and you have no knowledge whatsoever of your potential. This man with a full-ass Scottish accent says, what is haggis? <laughs> I can't... It's so mental. <laughs> like, it's so mental. Like, when you're, when you're, like, watching movies where, like, a British person is playing an American and, like, the American is playing the Brit and you're like, why didn't you guys just switch yeah. roles? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, no, it's it's truly one of the most bonkers casting choices based on the fact that, like, they could have, like, this is a made-up mythology. You could have created any kind of excuse for him to be Sean Connery when you were able to get Sean Connery to be in your movie, and they didn't. They stuck with the idea that he was a man born in Egypt, lived in Japan for a long time, has lived in Spain for long enough to have four Spanish names, and is now in Scotland training this man. Yeah, like, I, it, it seems like they were like, because the screenwriter wrote this on, like, a backpacking trip through Scotland, and that he was just so stuck on naming the movie The Highlander that he couldn't move it literally to any other region on Earth and then have Sean Connery come in as, like, a Scotsman who has traveled the world. It, it's just like, right. he would, they were just like, no, we're doing what we're doing, and that's how it's going to be. Which, honestly, I get. Like, the shots of the Scottish Highlands are incredible. It's a gorgeous place. You immediately fall in love with it. I feel like I'm sure the person who wrote this didn't feel this way, but thousands of women who have seen this movie have fallen for a man in a kilt. We love to see it. I get it. You want this to be about a Scottish person. Right. But also, you can literally make it about whatever. Right. Literally whatever. Uh, who did um, you pick? So for my Ramirez, I decided to shift the mythology a little bit because I liked the idea that he brings his sword from a past experience. It's made by this by, by the father of the woman he loved and he lived in Japan for all this time. And so I think when I was thinking about it, I was like, mm, why not just make this character Japanese? Why not make that the origin mm -hmm. of who he is? Um because that makes sense to me. It still allows him to be like a very old immortal, but I like starting him there and just seeing him sort of emerge from that as like, yeah, so I'm traveling the world after this experience where I lost the woman I loved and now I'm just traveling trying to educate the world about who we are because I don't want to be the... I don't know. I don't want to be a monster. Whatever. Um, I also did fall into the trap of casting someone older and not really actually being able to explain why that is. Um, because you're right, to be honest. All immortals should be the same age. <laughs> it, it, but, here's the thing, though. Like, Oh, well. Sean Connery reads like as a good mentor because he is uh -huh. older. So he yes. like reads as a wiser like guide for Connor. But it doesn't logically make any fucking sense no. that he would look any older than like 40 years old or however and I think old that's, Christopher Lambert I th was. I think that's why it works, though, is that you want to see someone older be his mentor. Yes. Anyway, I picked Ken Watanabe. Great. Great choice. Love Ken Watanabe. I would like 
What has he been up to after Inception? I feel like he just kind of disappeared. He did uh, Godzilla. That's, um, that's racist. Oh, no, he wasn't Godzilla. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> just fucking with you. Just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> that's racist. No, I saw all of the Godzilla movies. Oh, really? In you saw all of King of Monsters? I couldn't sit for more yes. than 10 minutes of that movie. <gasps> Detective anyway. Pikachu. I love that movie. <laughs> yes. He he does a voice in Transformers. He's still around. The King and, they they remade the King and I in 2018. Yeah, I'm also looking at that like, huh? Huh? I don't know. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I don't have anything to say. Well, like, what? How did you interpret? So now that we've talked, to, like, how did you interpret this? Then maybe thinking more like. So here's my train of thought. This is this is no joke. This is how I thought about it. I liked the idea of that Ramirez was someone from another land like Egypt and had been so well traveled that like all of his things just seemed like a jumble of culture. Mm -hmm. So originally I was like, well, I'm going to pick like a Middle Eastern actor who can like play that kind of history. Mm hmm. And then the question in my head was, was like, wait, Ramirez wouldn't look any older than Connor. Connor would. Like, Connor, Kurgan, yeah. Ramirez should all look relatively the same age. So then I was yes. like, I think I'm going to have to pick a younger actor. And then I thought about Sean Connery in the way that, like, his celebrity is so baffling for this movie. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to baffle you with one of the biggest stars of our time. Okay. I picked Oscar Isaac. Happy beats here, buddy. Come on. So, yes. <gasps> what? This yes. What? At minute 20 of my Highlander movie, as Taylor Kitsch is wooing a woman on the Scottish hillside, Oscar Isaac will gallop forward and reveal himself and everyone in the audience will go why the hell is oscar isaac in this movie now here's the thing people who are listening at home kenna has literally left the room i, I can watch her we're on a zoom call she has left the room she might not be coming back if you want if you have a wow if you have a swashbuckling action adventure franchise you want Oscar Isaac, Star Wars, Dune, X Men Apocalypse didn't happen. Don't care. That that's uh, that's not his fault. Don't put don't put him in a purple people eater makeup costume. All right, let his, let his face shine. More than any other cast you have ever assembled, this is truly truly bananas. The it is the most a banana land adventure we have ever gone on. And uh, but like. What other movie can spark this much insanity? Like, I, d we, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to <laughs> Wait until you realize that I'm having the soundtrack written by fucking DJ, like Steve Aoki or something. What? Like that. <laughs> no, no, no. It would have been fun to pick. Like, oh, we should have like, done that. We should have picked like a musician for, for the new soundtrack. I know who I would have picked. Who? Mm, the Foo Fighters. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I feel that in my bones. I think that's um, good. I'd want like Nine Inch Nails. I don't want like Social Network Trent Reznor. I, I like. I want say. like full like Nine Inch Nails Trent Reznor. 
Yeah, I... Wow. This is shocking. Just when you thought I would zig, I You really did. You really did. Here's the thing. I am struggling to conceive of a world in which Taylor Kitsch is acting against Oscar Isaac and it's... And it's meshing. The whole subtext but, is Oscar Isaac teaching Taylor Kitsch how to be a better actor. <laughs> it's all just like, look, man, you got to really want it. You got to really put yourself in the situation. This is incredible. I. Uh, that's it. That's all. That's that's the end. That's the end of the pod. We made it so close to 100 episodes. We're never and I act. killed us with our my first Oscar Isaac of the year. This is your first of the year? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I believe so. How many have I done? Yep. First one. Of the year. Okay, I've only done one. So we're one to one. Yeah. For Oscar Isaacs. Okay. Well. <laughs> let's just talk this about the, let's talk about Barry Pepper. We gotta keep going. <laughs> or I will sit here in, in amazement for the rest for like two more hours. This is the this is the exact grenade I wanted to drop. And it had the exact effect. So yes, Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I think we made him the same character. Uh, well, no, I think I know who you made him. Oh. Okay. I made him Angus McLeod. Oh, okay. I made him Lieutenant Frank Morin. I was thinking that you were going to make him the other... The other Immortal. Oh. No, who's the... What's... Oh, his friend. Yeah. Who he meets. What's his name? Um, I forget. Like, the thing is, what's great about this movie is, like, they wrote, like, extensive backstories for all of these, like, immortals. Like... Which you Who's should know name? as the writer, Castigare, which you should know Castigar, as the writer. Yeah. You should know your mythology through and through. True. Like, they apparently fought together in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> like, it was something that was supposed wow. to have been established in their history that they, like, helped America defeat the British or something like that. But um, Yeah, again, I feel like this is one of those movies where you could stick, you could stick a, a uh, well-rounded... Barry Pepper anywhere, and yeah. he would succeed, 100%. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't have any other notes on this movie. I would like to relay a story that my friend told me about how the soundtrack was made. Okay. Um, so I guess another band was approached, and they turned it down because they were on a world tour. It's like another prog, uh, prog rock band that sort of faded from you know music history. So they approached Queen to write songs, and the band was initially reluctant, and then they brought Queen to a, like, private screening of the movie. Mm -hmm. And within, like, hours of seeing it, they had written, like, five songs. They, were they like, left wow. and were like, it's a kind of magic. We're writing it in the limit. We're going to do rails of cocaine <laughs> and we're going to write these fucking songs. So I just thought that was great. That, like, that's the power that Highlander has is that, yeah. like, you watch it and you're like... A, how did this get made? B, how... Uh, that's another podcast, so... Uh, <laughs> We won't maybe, talk about maybe, that. Maybe don't ask that question on this podcast, Brian. But like, like, it, it, could this ever be made, remade today? Like, no. It, it's just so crazy of an idea to come out at a time where people just wanted crazy ideas. Like, they were just more open to insanity. Yeah. Than I think we are today. And the wild thing is, it's not like the music is like 
the it's not like it's like throwaway queen music like no it's like classic classic, almost classic queen songs princes of the universe absolutely destructive rock song who (laughs) wants to live forever incredible ballad like it's not it's not like we're getting like oh okay i guess they did this like the the underlying soundtrack that they create like the themes that they built are really beautiful and like and ultimately i think the influence of like for them like the movie is shot like a music video in a lot of ways which mm-hmm. i'm sure helps like you look at it and you can see the soundtrack happening in your mind but yeah yeah no i mean this movie is a classic this movie is a masterpiece this movie to answer the question you haven't asked yet, should definitely be remade. It should definitely have a second life. I know it already has had a very long life with the series, the movie series and the TV series. But I would, I would forever watch an updated versions of this because in the world of Immortals, where does it end? Yeah, I think it's like you... The reason that this has been in development hell for so long is that there's so much here to go off of. Mm-hmm. And it's so precious to people that they don't know how to they don't they don't know how to make a choice about it. But like you need to make a choice and you need to live with that choice and like it, I think the answer is like should this be a movie or should it be a show? It should be both. It should be it yeah. should be a, a movie. It should be like you can have congruent stories. Like Dis- Disney Plus is going to teach us that you can have congruent film and TV like syncing together in a mm-hmm. way that like you can extend the Highlander lore you know forever like the movies will be about Connor McCloud and the TV show will be about the other immortals that like yeah. meet and have like different you could do an anthology you could do just you can do a serialized drama like it's so wide open just do it like don't be afraid of like we don't want to kill it. Like I get the idea that if you if you ruin the the, the relaunch, you know, it, it could things can become toxic, you know, f- to fans. But I don't know. I think it's just like just go wild, like be wild yeah. in Highlander because that's why it lives forever because it made crazy choices. Yeah. So, all right, great job. We did it. Um, we did it. We'll see what other weird people I'll cast next time, I'm sure. Um, watch me just pick like four of the most like famous white actors next time. It's just like Leo, Matt Damon, George Clooney, and Brad Pitt. They're all best friends on a car ride. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Rebooted. If you like this episode, please check our other episodes. We got a whole back catalog of episodes that you're going to love, and we are marching straight towards episode 100. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review there. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this podcast. That link is in our description and all of our Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on social media everywhere at RebootedPod. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you next time because we live forever as immortals. Yeah. On podcast networks. That's... Network? Pod- Not a network. This We're just pod- in a void. This podcast is immortal in many ways. <laughs> it will outlive us. <laughs> For sure. When the aliens come down, they will they will hear our words. Alright guys, we'll see you next time. Bye.